Hello, We of Colour family. Thank you so much for logging back in to listen to part two of the We of Colour podcast, season two, episode one. As promised, we did split our conversation into two parts for you guys to enjoy, just because we could have gone on and on about all the topics that we covered. This is just a warning that this episode does have some sensitive topics in there. And I just want to say this is an open space. So please share your thoughts. Let's start a debate on our Slack channel. We have the family hour coming today, which is Tuesday the 5th of April. So for anyone that wants to log in and join this afternoon, we would love to hear from you. So without further ado, here is part two. yeah another thing that like child q like raised for me is how black stories are not newsworthy Mm. i say that to say this like when sarah went missing in march i think it was march 3rd 2021 it was everywhere everyone was like this is this is horrible this is somebody who's been um hurt at the hands of the police um this is like this is this is like terrible this specific story first of all one happened to a child second of all like um obviously it's gonna have like a massive impact on her god forbid she probably doesn't even want to be alone in a room with another person because of what's happened she probably doesn't feel uh, safe this is me just speaking from my general conclusions but it's even the reaction from the general public on this issue that to me was it it really like it really hit it really hit me in the face because i thought you know i really thought the world was changing i like was on my soapbox happy up there thinking you know what like i have allies i have people that I know if like there was a situation that happened in the world, they'll do everything to support, to think on ways that they can raise awareness. But I didn't see that happen. I didn't see that happen in my own close knit community. I didn't see that happen in a lot of places that led for me in a lot of disappointment. Because I thought to myself, if this happened to a child who was mm-hmm. white, this would be a different story. Mm-hmm. We would have heard about it 2020. It would have been front page news. All the audacity. Sometimes I feel like it has to be a completely out of world experience sometimes to even, even though Child Cube is on like smaller news posts and it's been mentioned about and because of TikTok and because of social media, you're able to see the protests and now young kids have phones to blow this up and really spread it, that more and more people are seeing it. But just to kind of just jump on that point really like look at what happened to nicole smallman and bieber henry yeah the police took photos of their dead bodies in a bush yeah and it was a frenzied attack for somebody that was a satanist so the the story in, it, in itself is so wild and rare that yeah. that then that made news mm. but this is the thing for me right let me tell you i've never liked the police Okay, this is a personal story that I haven't really spoken about in a very long time. And the reason why I haven't is because out of my own um, thought in my head that, you know what, there's always good in people, right? But over the last couple of years, it's becoming more and more solidified to me that I have no protection as a woman of color. 
Mm. I was living in an area that was predominantly white and I was living at the time I was living in a house with a group of other black girls and they were out for the evening and I was home alone and a group of men who were part of a specific right right winged party not going to mention names and they literally came to my door and almost broke down my door and at the door were saying all sorts of things from we're gonna get in there we're gonna do this to uh black and end this and you need to leave this place blah 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 and i called the police in hysterics saying there are four men outside my house i'm alone and they are about to get into my into my house and i'm alone help and they literally said to me just lock yourself in your room And the police station, and this is no word of a lie, the police station was a stone throw away from where I was staying. A stone throw away. The only reason that night that I was not hurt is because I had to call other people to come. But my first train of thought was to call the police, but they didn't show up. The people who showed up were like my neighbors. Oh my God. And friends. So my whole relationship with the system is already a little bit flawed that happened a long time ago and forgot about it but still have a sense of fear right of yeah. that specific situation so now when i hear this story i was so traumatized by that but nobody nobody like did anything to me but i was so disappointed by the fact that the the people that are meant to protect and serve me would not even bother to come they came four days later, Siobhan. Four days later. Four days? Well, they came They came for... No. They came to the house four, day late, four days later. Only because my landlord called them and said, hey, I have CCTV. Wow. And I also have proof that these people have ruined my front door. The door was caved in. So they came from the... God. They were almost in through the door. No, they, they came for the damaged property claim. Right? Oh. <sighs> And you know, my landlord said to me, he was like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to put the following things on the property, but it's not safe for you here. He yeah. said that those are the words that came out of his, out of his mouth. And he was an Indian, he was an Indian man. He literally just said to me, it's not safe for you here, Ru, you know, like you have to be careful. So we need to add more latches onto the door. We need to put a heavier door on because this is not good. And he literally was like, it's happened before with other properties that wow so this is like this is the thing for me is like how how do we make this better how do we um raise awareness but also at the same time like what are what do these what do these institutions what are you doing internally to fix this issue because in 2020 they were saying there's no systemic racism in our institutes and then now they're releasing statements saying it was racism so i am back i'm so bad which one is it you know like i need the truth and they need the truth because if there's no hope for me when i'm in trouble and i can't call you to protect me who am i gonna call who am i going to call and it's like this continue and you think if it's if it starts with something that's meant to protect you 
God forbid, when you go into an office space or when you go into a workplace or when you go into your local Starbucks and they're like, we can't serve you today, sir, ma'am. That's the funny thing. We talk a lot about microaggressions and like kind of the underhanded racism that is kind of like hard to see. But the blatant racism, the, the actual kind of verbal and physical actions that we as people and women of colour face every day. Yeah. Also, just like, it's it's also the simple thought that they probably the main reason why they stopped her is because she was black. And the most common uh, drug that is associated with people of colour is marijuana. And I'm also going to say this. I mean, look, I'm no scientist. But for me, sometimes, like, body odour and sweat. I, I'm like, oh, I smell like weed. I smell like cannabis. It's not the same, like, smoking marijuana has a different distinct smell but yeah. if you were to just yeah. smell dried marijuana without smoking it it has a very similar smell to body odor and they're 15 year old kids they're sweating everywhere yeah yeah they don't know what what nivea's body spray is <laughs> also, the question is how did teach know it was definitely marijuana they must be smoking it at home if they're 100 percent sure yeah yeah it could have been it could have been somebody was staging the house i mean my mom has That's asked me to stage the house have you were you and i'm like it's sage mom it's sage i i just you know i gotta clean the bad evil in this home i wow rue thank you for sharing your story and shaban thank you for sharing your stories too i just the going back to um what you were saying about how children especially black children are um undergo the perception of, of, of being considered adults. This yeah. happens also here. I mean, we have Trayvon Martin, who was in a hoodie and walking to get Skittles um, for, for his sibling. We have um, the little boy who was playing with a toy gun at a park. Um, I, I am at a loss for why adult grown people that are in these positions of law enforcement or positions of being supposed to be a leader um, for for children like in schools how they can see a a little boy little girl or a little being regardless of uh and, and depending on the color of their skin they consider them a threat you are a grown person. Mm -hmm. And if you're stepping into these positions, if you're pursuing these uh, careers. <sighs> mad. It's mad to me. Yeah. It's just, I, <laughs> the <sonic laughs> that are just like embedded and like, just like rotting it from like the inside. And it's just like, how do you, how do you fix that? I think it's very important to understand something. Look, I might have gone through that experience but when I see trouble, the first thing I do is I call the police. I'm mm -hmm. not somebody who's like a Batman and is trying yeah. to I'll be out here trying to solve crime. That's not my agenda. I, I understand the system. And I still call on them to come and sort things out. But I also know that if I, they're going to ask me, what does the person look like? That yeah. question comes up what does that person look like and in my head i'm like what does that matter what does that matter all you need to know is that there's trouble so i don't need to say whether they're white pink orange yellow i don't need to tell you 
any of that. I'm just telling you there's two individuals, they're fighting and it looks really bad, right? That's the first thing. I shouldn't have to go to that farther description of mentioning their race, right? Second of all, like um, you mentioned this earlier, Danielle, and I, I really think this is important to, to address. For you to really become an ally and for you to be comfortable to really be somebody that is willing to hold hands with another person that is going through an injustice, you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. You need to understand that you must not be afraid of that uncomfortable conversation because every single day that you're holding hands with that person who you've decided to go on this journey with and are going to support, every day they're going to go through something. Yeah. They're going to go through a battle. They're going to go through a discrimination, a microaggression. They're going to go through a day where they see someone from their own community community be accused of something they have not done, be killed for something that they have not done. Um, a child being killed like Trayvon Martin. Sorry for the provocative wording. I apologize that triggers anyone. A child that has been stripped naked because she's had marijuana on her. Like... We're going to experience those things. And those things have caveat effects on you. You start thinking, is this place really for me? Like, And you look to your allies to have that conversation. Yeah. You look to them and you start saying, hey, like, I really feel like this. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to navigate. Like, I don't know how to deal with my day today. And it's making me feel really off. Like, I need your, I need your support. I need your um I need I need like some guidance here. Like I want to um I want to get through this, but I'm struggling. Like, can you help me with this? Yeah. And you're gonna feel a a certain feeling that's gonna make you feel uncomfortable. And I yeah. think it's being able to stick with it and understand that that's gonna happen more than once. It's gonna happen throughout your whole journey as a as an ally. Yeah, and it's never going to end. The 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 way that um, so one of the things that I struggle with um, in seeing uh, is somebody. So like you had mentioned like earlier, like uh, the tears of others being valued more than your own tears, Rue. And that's true. That does happen. And the thing is, is that those people should be able if their if their true intention is to be an ally and to be there to support and truly be an ally in solidarity and not just to say like, hey, I'm going to post it on Twitter or Instagram, you know, bringing back some topics that you brought up in, in a prior panel, like you have to be able to be also told by your friends in these communities, by your peers in these communities that that behavior is probably more most definitely being harmful um i've had uh i've had two in my journey because you don't always get it right and that's okay i've had to i have had conversations where i'm told listen this line of thinking um is can be considered um a certain form of ism or you know like this mm -hmm. makes me feel like you don't really understand what racism is or um i remember having a conversation with my younger sister who is non-binary and queer mm -hmm. and i remember we were having a conversation and my younger sister was like you know like that line of thinking can can vary or these words use 
can come off as as transphobic and let me tell you why and i had to be like oh my gosh like i'm just gonna sit here and listen because if i am truly committed to being an ally to my sister to being an ally to my friends in in and across these communities i have to be able to sit there and be receiving that feedback and correction with grace because yeah. it is going to make me feel uncomfortable to be called okay like mm, that word use was transphobic like of course that makes me feel uncomfortable but instead of being righteous self-righteous about it yeah. i have to fix that right and how do you fix that by listening and taking it in uh-huh. and I, there's so many conversations that are happening now across all sorts of identification all communities where the people that are there or maybe in the same community, but in a point of privilege in that community. I I, I struggle a lot with like having sympathy for, for the parochial tears of the people that are in a more privileged state, because if you're truly trying to be there to help, you have to be able to take that feedback and sit with it. And, and to be honest, like sometimes how you feel uncomfortable about it is not the problem of the person that is daily every single moment of their life impacted by that behavior yeah. like i i should be able to take it and be like you know let me sort as to why this conversation made me feel uncomfortable yeah. and then like but that that doesn't land on rue or shaban to explain like to make me feel better about the fact that i feel bad about doing this like yeah. you know the crazy thing is as well is like since you know being part of we of color and just me navigating my my life as a, as a, as a woman as an adult um i've always tried to kind of like sugarcoat these conversations with my white peers or friends because i wanted to do this slowly slowly approach mm-hmm. and the more that i've seen these kind of like misjustice happen like the more i'm like you know what like rue's been really great kind of like support and guide and mentor to me in this way like you know sometimes the best way is for to have this unco- these uncomfortable conversations and mm-hmm. let people do because that is actually going to be the best way that they're going to learn. And mm-hmm. I and I always want to do things with love. And I always want to make sure that, like, when I'm saying things, it's I'm, I want people to know that I, I see the best in them. But sometimes, you know, you can't modicle do all these things because nothing yeah. is changing or changing at a rate that is going to be conducive or effective for me as a human being. Not just as a black woman, um, not just me as a woman, but as a human being to be yeah. treated like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I- I think it's important to also understand that um, although I identify as a as a black woman, I have my privilege privilege uh, because I'm mixed, and that's a fact. And like you, by just looking at me, the a, a, a black woman can see that straight away that I have a completely different experience to what her experience is my commitment to my community is making sure that the black woman that's standing next to me she knows that i'm standing next to her i'm not leaving and i whatever story she is willing to share my job is to make sure everybody has everyone she gets the attention and i'm like i hope you're all listening and you're hearing what this person is saying And you and you take the time out to understand that my experience is going to be completely different to hers, right? And I think, like, um, just to touch back on like tears, yeah, fragility, white fragility—that's the the best way to term it. That is going to trigger a lot of people, and 
my ask to you is to really ask yourself why has that upset me why has that shifted your spirit a little bit hearing that hearing that i've said like you know your white tears and when we share this podcast i'm going to share a um another podcast um of a black lady and and two white women and she's talking about white fragility and she really highlights something super important where she says that her experience is so dumbed down that she can't say i am struggling as a black woman like my life i'm going through it only the she has to remain strong as a black woman the white counterpart is allowed to cry and then as a black woman she has to comfort that white woman for her for for feeling upset about what is happening to the black woman so i think that's something that it it hit home to me so much because i was like oh my god i know what that feels like i've been in that position and i've seen my own friends as black women who have had to do that and i've said no like you shouldn't be comforting this person Mm. why are you comforting them yeah and then that and one of my friends once said to me because i feel like i have to because if i don't then they're gonna see me as like mean a mean black woman yeah i was like you're not mean though yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'll get aggressive can you see like how this just spirals yes i know this like this topic is like very um loaded there's a lot of like topics but i think it's important to understand that right now uh, child Q is sitting at home and she has learnt that in this world I'm not just a girl I'm a black girl and that means that my life is different from how somebody next to me is going to experience it. If they don't look like me their experience is going to be completely different yeah. and I need to navigate my how my life goes from today onwards I have now learnt that I am different and I have to navigate the space differently the opportunities are not going to be the same for me the way i'm treated is not going to be the same for me and that is something that we're trying to stop yeah that's that's what we're trying to as ecg leads as um podcasters for this as individuals as allies we're trying to stop this so when our children come into our positions there's fairness there's no questioning of like oh you know um like i think asking somebody um oh you know you changed your hair today like oh that's different it's a bit sassy like that's a microaggression like they shouldn't yeah. experience that like all these nuances all these different like topics all these different biases the reason why we're having these conversations now is so the people that come after us do not have to experience what we're experiencing yeah so as uncomfortable as it is when we bring up these words these um privilege and me and those words make you feel a certain type of way just take a moment to just reflect yes and and ask why is this making me feel this way is it because i've done this is it because i actually feel like i need to do that to get my way and make myself feel comfortable in this situation Mm. really shifting that like you know they're your own tears so you need to understand why the tears are coming <laughs> yeah yeah i mean just to jump on that i mean also i just kind of want to shout out to anyone that is listening and have ever felt that way you know 
also please reach out to us if you want to learn please reach out to us and give us your opinions on why you don't see a problem with it why you think it's okay because this is where we start the conversation this mm -hmm. is where we start the debate and this is where you know you, you can learn and also yeah don't be scared of the word privilege i think the word privilege now seems like it's like a, a personal attack and a vendetta and if you say, yes I have privilege it means that you're the most awful person no you're very aware of something that is has been ingrained in you for so long and you probably haven't even known it is happening yeah mm -hmm. yeah I will also say that for anybody um I mean we're on the podcast now so you can't see our faces but I identify as a Latina woman so if you also have questions in terms of what I said in regards to sitting with that uncomfortable feeling, and I'm happy to to um, connect with you and have those conversations as well, because I think that that's an important element for those of us that may not experience things day to day, but we're looking to be there for our colleagues, our friends, our brothers and sisters in the black community, the Asian community, in whatever community where um, we may have some level of privilege whatever that may be because yeah. in reference to hair in the united states the house has just passed the crown act which is to which is so ridiculous that this has to be done in a law um but uh, a black woman have been questioned on their hairstyles all the time in schools in workplaces and they've just passed um the house is going to the senate they just passed that okay this will be illegal to do you cannot chastise women for the hairstyles that they wear. Hairstyle. Oh my God, like I just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like I never get asked about my hair and why? Because you don't need to ask. Why do you ask my black colleague about their hair? Why Why does that seem okay to do to you when you don't ask your, your, your white friend about their hair? Like, why is that even a point of question? Yeah. Uh, so, oh my God, I can go into a whole rant about hair because <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I like, I'm a natural. I've been in the natural hair community. I like, I was once like hell bent into it. It's linked to so many things, but just to like make, because I'm conscious that we've gone over massively, but I, <laughs> I think it's important to also like make it very clear that um, privilege is not just stemmed from like what, um, happens within between um, a minority community or marginalized community and the white community it happens within our own community as people of color it happens in the latinx community like that when we have latinx heritage month we will touch on these topics there are topics that yeah. go into privilege within that community and let's be honest when we go into the white community there's also classism which is a point of privilege and yes. there is a, a whole thing of those who are an upper class looking down to those who are middle class working families let's 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 just put that out there um i think it's important that again as I am committed to being an ally to whatever community that I feel is being marginalized. So mm -hmm. I need to be able to listen to them, understand and support where I can. So I think that word privilege, as Siobhan said, should not be feared because everybody has a privilege that they have. Mm -hmm. There's some privilege that you do have. So I'll give you an example. I'm privileged that I'm living in a house, the roof of my head compared to someone who's homeless. I'm privileged that I'm able to get a secure, I got a secure education within the UK than my friends that I left back home um, in Zimbabwe who had to 
quit going to school and um, get jobs pretty much straight away. So they had to limit their educational um, educational learning. And that's not the case for everybody, but this is just an example. So I think Siobhan is very right in saying that you should, nobody should fear that. Mm-hmm. It can sound very hard, hard bent, but it's important to just understand that everybody has some sort of privilege, but it's understanding it and being ready to have conversations and not being afraid of those conversations. And some are, un- are harder to unpack than others. Yeah. And we're not all saying that just because you have white privilege or you have male privilege, you just need to be like, stop having it. Like that, there's nothing yeah. to do. It's in yeah. day-to-day life, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm going to round it up at the moment just because, like we said, we are running a little bit over. But I, I, I want to do another episode on this. I think we could unpack so much more. And yeah. I want to take this time to open it up to our employees of colour, to our allies out there. To I think it would be great maybe if anyone from, like, parents if we want to come on and talk about, you know, safeguarding children and how they're, like, you know, teaching their child about safety in, in schools with the police. I think it would be great to speak to our one of we allies to talk about, you know, having these conversations together and how we can work together to just make sure that all the, all the women in the workplace and, and just across, like, not even to the UK and America with you, Danielle, are feeling safe and how we're supporting them, supporting each other. So, I mean, thank you so much for your time today, Danielle. I really appreciate you coming oh, on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you. Um, and I just want to, like, send out a calling message to everybody. We want to hear your voices. You can stay anonymous. Um, we want to open up this conversation, this podcast, for people to really share their experiences. Mm-hmm. Your voice matters. Your opinion matters. Um, and we, we want to hear it. And we want to have the open conversation. Utilize things from, I know in um, the US, they have a lot of uh, family hours to support our um colleagues that are from the Asian Pacific um, community who have been going through a lot of traumatic um, um, incidences over the last couple of months. We have family hours in the UK that we're going to be starting up in April. So you can come into that space to have a conversation. The Slack channels are your home babies. If you have Mm -hmm. questions, if you want to share opinions, if you want to have a debate. Um, Today we're talking about, is it is it Judge Jackson? Is she a judge yet? I don't know if she's a judge yet, but she's going through her questioning. Yeah, she she's a she is a current judge, but it's the questioning yesterday was just brutal and so disrespectful. So exactly. So that's a where we're also having a conversation about that between allies, white men who are bringing this conversation to you. We have color and discussing the conversation openly. We're doing the same in Amir, where I'm having very interesting conversations with some of my uh, colleagues about various different topics for women of color and just women in general. So don't be afraid to share your voice and don't be afraid to come to these platforms. Um, And Siobhan is an amazing host. She makes you feel comfortable. (laughs) She she can bring snacks, you know, she can bring all the vibes like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a podcast session you know what i mean every time i come to a podcast session when it's like face to face you know she looks after me real good so like you know don't be afraid to reach out to us and like be part of this community and i hope this conversation ignites a fire in us and ignites like a conversation everybody have a lovely thursday have a good one thank you both
Thank you, Danielle. This was great. Thank you.